even see it until you're at a place where you're like, how did I get here? But they had a heart cry for something better. And what God was going to invite them to, into was not just a different place to live, but a different way to live. So this is where we're going to pick up a story. So in Exodus, if you have your Bibles, big intro, but that's all good. If you have it, would you open up to Exodus chapter 16? And we're going to join into people who are in a similar place. And we're going to look at three things that God was teaching them that he wants to show us this morning. Because we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about rhythms. We're going to look at Jesus' daily rhythms, Jesus' weekly rhythms. Because he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So we need to uh, see what Jesus does. So when we walk with him, we see where we're going and what's happening. So in Exodus chapter 16, beginning in, we're going to read verses 1 through 4 to get started. They set out from Elam, the Israelite people, and all of the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Oh, would that we have died at the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when at least we sat by meat pots and we had bread to the full. For you have brought us into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk, whether they will walk in my law or not. God had just miraculously delivered like a couple of million people from Egypt, the plagues, the whole bit. Red Sea crossing. God did this rad thing. Now we're out here in the first sign of hunger. They were like, oh, this is hard, this new thing. Why couldn't we have just stayed where we were? It's like God's trying to kill us out here. And then the Lord said, I'm going to do something. He spoke to Moses, and he says, I'm going to do this. Now I want you to notice two key words in this first four verses okay the first word is test and the second verse the second one is law so this word test he says well i'm going to do this to test them god says when we think of test we think of the things that you did not look forward to on fridays pop quiz because uh, this is a pass or fail if you've done good you will pass if you've been bad We'll get a note that says, we see so much potential in your son. He would just apply himself. So it's not a pass or fail test. This test, remember, this is written in Hebrew. So you look at this. This word can be translated several different ways, but it actually, an, another way to say this would be, I am going to train them. I am going to prove to them something. I am going to show them. It's not a pass or fail but it's to show and train I, that I may test them. 
The second one where he says whether they will walk in my law or not. Especially when it comes to church stuff in the Bible, when you hear about God's laws, it becomes this instant morality thing. If I do God's laws, I'm good. If I don't, I'm bad. This is, means teaching and instruction. There's a, there's a lot of words when it comes to God's law. Read Psalm 119. You read them all. His, his commandments, his precepts, his instruction, his teaching. So we're going to spend a few weeks talking about daily and weekly rhythms. Three things that he is teaching them that he wants us to know as we begin our new year, knowing that what we do with the day shows what we will do with the year. The first one is this. He wanted them to have a daily reminder of his presence. Skip down to verse 13. In the evening, quail came and covered up the camp, and in the morning, dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness like a, fi a, a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. And when the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. So much of our life is routine. I think the percentage of your day is somewhere like, depending on the person, 40 to 60% of your day is routine. Uh, our brain actually, God created our brains to put things in files because the more things that you can put into a routine, the more brain activity you can save for other things. This is why Einstein wore the same thing every day. He said, I don't need to worry about other stuff or I don't need to worry about what I'm going to wear because I'm trying to EMC squared. You know what I'm saying? And so um, this is something that Stephanie and I have taken upon ourselves to emulate. So when I get up in the morning, I'm like, I guess this is my winter uniform. I just put it back on. It's like we're solving the world's problems, baby. <laughs> but so much of our life is routine, and it's good if it's producing the results you want, but it's bad if it's producing results that you don't want to see. So the results that people are experiencing from the last couple of years, loneliness, uh, heaviness, God was telling them that his ways are different. They were out there and they were lonely. God, where are you? You're going to kill us out here? Why couldn't we at least have stew? He's wanting to know, he's wanting them to know, first thing, his ways are different. He's going to do something different. But what he wanted them to know first and foremost is that every single day he was with them. This is what this, this says. He says, every morning they're going to go out. So every morning when the, when the dew would rise up, there was manna on the ground. It tells us they did this for 40 years. God is developing not just what you do in 2023. He wants to develop who you are. And who you are, he wants you to know you are a person that God is with every day. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't stick you out there on your own. Their new daily routine was to see that God was with them when? The first thing in the morning. The first thing in the morning. The second thing he wanted them 
to, to see daily is not just a reminder of his presence, but the daily ingestion of God's provision. Verse 16. Exodus 16, verse 16. This is what the Lord had commanded. So here's what he said. Gather, eat, gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. You shall take one omer. It reminds me of Simpson. Just take one, Homer. But it's one omer. It's a measurement. It's like a quart. Uh, if you want to get super technical, if you go all the way to the end of verse 17, it's in parentheses. And an omer is a tenth part of an epath. Like they were, they were in it. You're like, I don't know what that means, but it's a certain amount. Okay. Take an omer according to the number of the persons that you have in your tent. So different families. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Don't even get me started on the power of living in community. Each one of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it over till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till morning, and the worms... And it bred worms and stank. <laughs> and Moses was angry with them. Verse 21. So morning by morning they gathered it. Each as much as he could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. My, one of my favorite parts of getting dinner when you go to a place or at home, if you're like me and you have someone in your life that can cook it up, is when it's sitting in front of you. You want to talk about the power of potential? You look and you're like, I'm fixing to destroy this meal. But if it just sat there, eventually it would stink. And it would become unedible. See, the, there's potential in the food, but there requires a partnership with that food. And we know how to do that. You got to eat it. And I love when you, talk, when you follow this passage down the line a little bit, it talks about how they would cook it. It reminds me of Bubba Gump, or Forrest Gump, when he's sitting there talking with Bubba, and they're talking about shrimp, and, and Bubba's like, you can broil it, you can boil it, you could saute it, you could fry it. But this is what he says. Some more, some less. Some ate like this, some ate like this. Some gathered this much, some gathered this much but when all were doing what they could no one had any lack what do you yoke up to in the morning i promise you it's something in the morning before we as we get our days going i promise you you align yourself this is called spiritual formation we align ourselves to something that's existing in the world and we align our world up to it I'll give you an example. What's the first thing you do when you, other than go to the bathroom and if you're a toothbrusher and coffee? Because let's be honest, we all align ourselves with coffee. <laughs> Amen. Are you an Instagrammer? You're aligning yourself with a perception that people have. Facebook, ugh, let's, get to, let's get the hot goss for the day. News, it's the same thing. We're aligning ourselves. Do you align yourselves with stress? 
Do you align yourself with you're behind? You wake up and you're already behind. It, it sets a tone for your whole day. The stock market. I, was re- I love this quote from Warren Wiersbe. He says, if you look at others, you'll be distressed. Look at yourself and be depressed. Look to God and you'll be blessed. And then he goes on to say, I know it's cheesy, but it's true. And I put it like this. Let your uplook dictate your outlook, not the other way around. Because oftentimes we get up. This is what God was teaching the people. He wanted, the, he wanted to see. He wanted them to connect upward before they connected outward. Because a lot of times we look at the outward lying circumstances, and that dictates the up and down, not the other way around. There's a daily nourishment that God wants to give you that you can't get anywhere else. I guess all I can say to follow that up is, do you believe that? Do I believe that? Do I believe that there's something? Because they're like, what is that? That's the food for you. Now, we're going to talk about daily routines, but before we get into what they are, I want to talk about the fact that God sees potential in them for you. Because I could just say, so 2023, start your day off with Jesus. Read your Bible more. Be kind. We all want those things. Those are results. But we're looking at the daily rhythms and processes that come from underneath that. Number one, God wants to connect with you every day. The God of the universe that made a sun, a star explode and give heat to a planet spinning around. Like that, that God wants to connect with you as an individual. He wants to give you nourishment that you can't get anywhere else. Not just for your belly, but for your being. And he wants to connect with you every day. See, that was people in the desert. Fast forward to when Jesus was alive. Merry Christmas, by the way. Happy New Year. When Jesus said this, when he was praying and people watched him pray and they go, what is that? What is that that he's doing? Teach us to do that, Lord. And he says this, when you pray, don't be like this person that stands up to get all this attention from from the outlook, but a simple uplook. And this is what he says. You've heard this. It's the, the, um, what's it called? The, The Lord's Prayer. That's what it's called. He says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trust. There's a daily thing. Jesus would say later on, after he fed, or before this, he fed like 10, 15,000 people fish tacos. And... The next day he was gone, they chased him down, and, and they followed him, and they were like, we're hungry. He's like, I know. You're following me because of what I did. And he says, don't look for the food that perishes, but look for the food that doesn't perish, that lasts forever. And they're like, yeah. he, he was like, they're like, there's food that lasts forever? He's like, yeah. And they're like, give us that food, please. And then they're like, just do another miracle. And then they do this. This is, the, this is the religious leaders, the Pharisees and 
and the, the, the common people. And they were like, when Moses and them were in the desert, God gave them manna every day for 40 years. So they were kind of like, will you do that for us? And then Jesus says to them, I tell you the truth. It wasn't Moses that gave them manna. It was God that gave them manna. And there is one here now that it is the bread of life. I give you the bread of life. And they're like, give us this bread always. And then Jesus says, I am the bread of life. So there is something in this daily connection with the person of Jesus that will give nourishment beyond a fish taco. Although, who doesn't love a good fish taco? I am the bread of life, he says. And the last thing. He wanted to teach them this new process. This is the beginning. It took them 40 years to learn this new rhythm. And it, actually, if I could be perfectly honest, a lot of it they didn't even get. You know who got it? Their kids. The third one is, was this, daily participation in God's plan. There was a daily participation in God's plan. Skip down to verse 31. Now, the house of Israel called its name manna. By the way, do you know what manna means? What? Come on, birthday boy. That's right. They looked at it and they go, what is it? And someone's all. That is, it's a whatchamacallit. Oh, I just spit, sorry. It's a whatchamacallit. No, but what's it called? So what's him call? Anyone remember that commercial? Okay, Gen Z or Gen Xers. Moving on. <laughs> now the house of Israel called its name manna. It was like a coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Then Moses said, "Now this is participation in God's plan." Moses said, "This is what the Lord has commanded." Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generation, the portion that uh, someone would have each day. Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generations so that they may see the bread which, with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, Take a jar, put an omer of manna in it, and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. And the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed, and as the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the testimony to be kept. The people of Israel ate manna forty years, till they came to an inhabitable, till they came to a habitable land. They ate manna till they came to the border of the land of Canaan. You know, you guys ever heard of the Ark of the Covenant? Some people are like, yeah. Just watch uh, Indiana Jones. Raiders of the Lost Ark. You'll learn everything you need to. Just kidding. But there were three things kept in the, in the ark. One of them, so there was the tablets of stone. This is fun. Aaron's budding rod. We need our bridge kids up here. And um, an omer of manna. This was a participation. It says, keep this and let all the generations see this daily routine in which I led you. For all of these years, let it be a testimony to this daily participation in what God is doing. Before we talk about how we participate in God's plan, I want to take a morning in a moment to just 
be blown away that he would even want to include us in his plan. Is any way, is anyone blown away that God has chosen you to participate with him? I can't get past it. I just have to be like, okay, Lord, <laughs> I'm going to send it. I'm going to do the best I can. But that's what he says. Discipleship is partnership. And there is something crazy powerful. There is so much potential when you see the world through God's eyes. There is so much potential when you see yourself the way God sees you. Because you're not a disappointment. You're dripping with potential. And he wants to show you not just how to, where to live, but how. There's a strengthening effect that happens as you walk with Jesus, not just in you, but in those around you and those that come after you. So in conclusion for this morning, there is more potential in your days than you may be aware of. I was thinking about a tree I cut down last week, uh, a couple weeks ago. I had to cut down this tree, and I had to, it was over, it was leaning over a house, and it was all this stuff, and so, um, so every once in a while, I get in a tree, and I'm like, there is no way I could have done this tree 10 years ago. <clears throat> I wouldn't have known what to do. I wouldn't have known that this type of wood, if I cut it this way, I can manipulate it like this. I wouldn't know that I'm strong enough to cut and hold this limb and not let it hit the house, which is why I get the, they're paying me to do it and place it where I want it to go. I didn't know that this device works this way, and there's so much that I learned. <clears throat> Those are results. I can tell you the day I learned some of those skills. It was probably just another Wednesday on the job site, and I learned from someone who had done it before me and knew how to do it, and I allowed myself to apprentice under this person, and so I learned that hemlock fir is kind of a weak hinge, and so it might pop. So be aware of that. That's not something, I just learned it on a regular old day. That's discipleship. Days mean more than you think. So if you choose to have a rhythm of days, don't worry about the year. Worry about the day. It's January 1st. Look at what we're doing. Praise God. This is the best thing you can do. And what he's saying is he wants to partner with you every day. And then you're going to get to the place and we're going to be like, I didn't even know I could do that. But I learned that along the way. See, a life of meaning, which we all want, is made up of meaningful moments. Now, what I'm saying to you, this way of living, it might be new or new again. There's a lot of people that are going to be coming back to church, back into a room filled with people that haven't been around in a while. And guess what? My prayer is they come here. Do you know why? Because I know that they'll come to a place where they're not shamed back through the doors, but they're with a group of people that are like, yo, come on in. We're on our way. We're on the way ourselves. It might be a new daily rhythm. It might feel different. It felt different to them because you're not relying upon yourself. You're not relying upon your salary. You're not relying upon this. You're asking God to do something. And it will require faith and partnership. But I'm just going to tell you, it's the way of Jesus' people. 
that's how Jesus wants us to be. He wants our outlook to dictate our outlook, not the other way around. It's the way to what Jesus says. There are systems and structures in this world that want to steal, kill, and destroy. But you know what he says? He goes, I want you to experience abundance. Abundance is the fulfillment of potential. I want you to see all of this potential and what it could be. The potential is in the days. So happy Sunday. Tomorrow's Monday. If you look at tomorrow and you're like, ugh, that's the wrong potential. The possibilities are great. You don't know what's going to be. You have stuff you got to do. So do I. We got to do the stuff we got to do before we get to do the stuff we want to do. But there's potential. I believe it. I hope you believe it because I know that it's what the Lord would want to give us this morning. So let's pray. Let's sing this last song. And then um, I'll come up and, and send us off. Lord, thank you for today. I didn't even pray before I got started preaching, Lord, because I was excited. So uh, everything we, we just read and, and, and learned and were reminded of, we just want to thank you, Lord, because you are giving us provision and food that um, we can't get anywhere else. And we don't want to get it anywhere else, Lord. We want, we want you to speak to us. We want you to lead us. So as a church, we want to dedicate this year to you. Thank you for your faithfulness in 2022. And we look forward and we just say, in the name of Jesus, may the things that we do the people that we meet, the city that we serve, would you be honored by it? Would you, would you uh, partner with us? And like Moses said, would you bless the work of our hands, Lord? Everything we do is for you and because of you. Would you keep us safe in this new year? Would you protect our bodies? Would you protect our minds? Would you protect our marriages and our families? and our children. May this be a place where, pe where you are easy to find. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this morning. We sing this song in Jesus' name, amen.